Hello everybody, Jesse here in Italy today, as usual, and today we're doing a Q&A. Now, this is a question that was asked a little bit of, yeah, a while ago, actually. I just haven't gotten around to answering it, but it's also one of those questions that is always relevant. Uh, unfortunately, though, it's always changing. So uh, today, my answer would be one thing. Probably when I was asked this question the first time uh, a couple months ago, it was a different thing. Uh, but it's it's similar in any case. Not much has changed since from then till now. Uh, so the question for today is, uh, what are the biggest challenges you face? What are the biggest challenges that you face in this season? Uh, and that's a great question uh, for any missionary. I believe uh, there's always challenges. And uh, those who don't have challenges, either they're probably not doing a whole lot or, um, yeah, I mean, I think all Christians uh, in God's providence, there's there's challenges that God permits uh, intentionally to strengthen us, to grow us, to deepen our faith, to mature our faith, and so on. Uh, we read that over and over throughout Scripture that, uh, God tests our faith and trials come and they're even necessary for the purification of our faith and so on. So all Christians everywhere have uh, trials and difficulties and uh, and God permits them in this fallen world uh, for his good reasons, uh, for our own good even. Uh, all things are working together uh, for our good and ultimately then for God's glory. And, and only the Christian has this great assurance and great peace in every and any circumstance that he or she has to face. Uh, but the missionaries have unique uh, challenges and, and trials that come depending where you're at. Sometimes you have to keep eye uh, that no one's going to arrest you or, or beat you and kill you and, and murder your family or something like this. That's reality that's happening in certain places now today in this world. Uh, here in Italy, we don't have that particular challenge. Uh, we have the opposite, really, where we have mostly uh, people plagued by an indifferent spirit. They could just care less at this point about anything spiritual, and they've just numbed themselves to all realities. Uh, they just eat good food, drink good wine, have good coffee, and live the good Italian life, so to speak. Uh, ignoring uh, the the realities and the conditions of their souls and their own sin problem before God and so on, uh, so it's it's different here. But there are unique challenges, and I would say for us in this season, uh, I have three things that I wrote down uh, that would be uh, our unique challenges uh, in this season, uh, challenges that we're facing. So number one would be pioneering alone. Uh, pioneering type work usually is done uh, alone or with a small group. And uh, we are an extremely small group at this point on the mission field. It's my wife and myself, and we're we're here intentionally uh, sacrificing ourselves, paving the way to bring others along uh, to see them uh, get involved in the ministry, flourish in their calling as missionaries as well, and uh, reaching the lost, making disciples, and planting churches. Um, but the pioneering alone aspect is always difficult, in particular when it's just you and your wife, uh, where we're very limited uh, in our outreach. Uh, that's something we're very much aware of. Uh, not a day goes by here uh, when I have administrative work to do or, or different things are uh, necessary for the overall scope of the mission. Uh, there are things that limit my amount of time I can be on the streets evangelizing. And the number one task in missions today in places like Italy is actually evangelism. Uh, you can be the best preacher in the world. Uh, you come to Italy, no one knows who you are, no one really cares. Uh, they're not going to come listen to you. Uh, you can you can open up a church building, uh, no one's going to come in. Uh, it's counter-cultural in, in every way to just go into some kind of church building. Evangelicals like us in Italy, uh, we're known and understood to be more of a sect than anything else. They smile at us, they're nice, but in the back of their mind, they think these guys are a cult, it's weird, and uh, they're scared to come into any kind of church building. The only reason someone would come into a building is either through a, a meaningful relationship they have with someone of the church who's been inviting them to, to participate and see how a function works for the church, 
or they're born again, which is in most cases, first you go to them with the gospel. You have to evangelize. Uh, they're confronted with the reality of their sin before a holy God and by God's grace uh, and the, through the work of the Spirit. Born again, they see their sin for what it is. They repent. They embrace Jesus Christ by faith, start a new life, and now they have naturally a desire to be with God's people, a desire for his word, a desire to worship, and so on, rightly in church. Uh, and then they'll come to church. Uh, so our outreach as we're pioneering alone is definitely limited. I can only be one place at a time, and I have the burden on my shoulders every day. Even this morning, they're ringing my doorbell, Jehovah Witnesses, and uh, and they're out all over about they have us outnumbered about a thousand to one probably in this city uh, they actually go and, and proclaim their message whereas the few christians that are in this town probably none of them are out proclaiming the gospel and so i'm literally one of the few if, if not the only who goes out on the streets actually handing out gospel literature talking with people going house to house leaving tracks and so on uh, so we're very limited if i can't get out one day because of uh, other administrative work or different things that have to happen for the ministry and the mission uh, it's very heavy on the shoulders because you know nothing is happening. And that's that's definitely a challenge, I would say, uh, that we're facing in this season, which is why we're praying and working to see and the Lord send uh, other laborers to join us on the field so we can have every day at least one couple, at least one people out and, and a variety of different outreaches happening and a bigger impact and more people being reached. And that's what we long for. That's what we really want to see. Um, the other, the other tricky part I would say about this, this first one about pioneering alone is uh, at times, often in, in this kind of work, you have to do uh, correcting of people and confronting. And that's very difficult when you're pioneering alone. Uh, on a number of occasions, even here in this effort here in Mestre, uh, it's just unbelievable the amount of people from the very beginning we had to lovingly confront and correct because their ideas of God are totally distorted. Their understanding of certain things is totally wrong and erroneous and even very problematic for themselves and for their, for their lives. Uh, one guy who's dear to us, for example, a lot of head knowledge. He's, he's got a PhD. He's very smart. Uh, but And then he, he criticized uh, someone from a liberal church how they didn't even know how to pray. And he thought that was just so weird. And so how could this person, they grew up, their, spent their whole life in the church, and they didn't know how to pray out loud in front of other people. And... But as smart as he is, unfortunately, without being born of the Holy Spirit, without being regenerate, uh, he was he was unable to realize that he was praying, but he, who was he praying to? The, he invented a God in his own mind that he was praying to because he doesn't believe in the supernatural. He's, he's bought into the liberal theology. Supernatural realm does not exist, uh, which means the God he's praying to, how could he hear him praying if he's not supernatural? It's a supernatural thing of God to be able to hear the prayers of all his people all over the earth at the same time. Uh, the fact that God spoke the world into being. This is a supernatural event. The fact that he formed his word, written for us, preserved for us exactly the way he wants so we can know his will, uh, have our faith in him, trust in him, do his will, and so on. Uh, that's a supernatural work of God. Uh, but he sees scripture as uh, er it has errors. It's not inerrant. Uh, it's fallible and so on. And there's good lessons to be gained there, but it's not to be taken literally and so on. And so he, he's fallen into that trap, and we had to lovingly confront that situation. And unfortunately, people don't like to be confronted. And when you're pioneering alone, it's you and them, and it's, it's kind of awkward. It's a little hard uh, when you have a team with you and other folks, other uh, pastoral leadership and so on together you're working. It's, it's a bit easier, and even our, our loving confrontation is more effective uh, for sure uh, when there's a plurality uh, of elders leading and so on. 
or a group of missionaries together having to do those things. Uh, so there's been a number of occasions, that's just one, where we've had to confront someone in, in love and, and correct to help them get on the, the straight and narrow, the right uh, the right path. But people don't like to be corrected. People, don't, Unfortunately, unless you're born again, then you like, you welcome people to correct you because you know what you're made of. You know your lost condition, what it is. You know what your flesh is capable of. And uh, the Christian uh, welcome. He's, he's humbled by the grace of God and the reality of his sin and the love of God towards him and, and all that. And he, he invites correction. He wants it. He wants one. He's erring for people to tell him. He gives the invite. Hey, if you see something I'm doing that's not quite right or that might offend our Lord Jesus Christ, please let me know. I don't want to ever offend my Lord. Uh, so the Christian has that approach. Uh, the non-Christian, though, he gets nervous when people confront him or want to correct him or, or offer counsel. And, and that's... Uh, that's a, that's a shame. But again, pioneering alone, that's one of the difficulties. Uh, so that would be one challenge. Another one is in Italy in this season, but this has been this way since I got to Italy in 2007, uh, another challenge we face is evangelism in extreme situations. What do I mean by extreme situations? Uh, basically, we have most people are either atheist or religious Catholics. And uh, now the reality is, though, though everybody in this country is Catholic here in Italy, very, very few are practicing. 5% or so are practicing Catholics, which means they go to church more than twice a year and they participate in the Mass and so on. Um, but everybody, the fact that they are Catholic, they are somehow bound to Catholicism. Even if they don't believe in half of it, even if they're not in agreement, they don't go, they're not part of it. There's somehow, there's some spiritual bondage there. It's a real, real thing. It's very, very powerful. And it gives great imagery to all of us Christians around the world. So we consider what it means to be a slave to sin and a slave to Satan as the New Testament teaches us that we are before before being liberated by the truth and set free and, and born again and so on. Uh, but that's the reality. So we have atheists, the younger generation, usually 40 years and younger. We have to deal with them. They're just, they've bought into all the lies of evolution and this and that and they become agnostic or atheist and just real hard-headed and, and hard to get through to them. But it's an extreme situation there. And the other half, 40 years and older, usually they're probably a bit religious, conservative, conservative. Uh, Roman Catholic background, they don't believe in half of it, but they're still attached to it. Anything else is a sect or a cult, and that is the right thing. They just don't want to be a part of it. So it's very, very complex, and, and there's keywords there you can use, and they don't understand. Or those certain keywords you say will create, you know, if you mention anything about Mary, for example, even for the person who has no faith in God, uh, you mention Mary in a, any kind of negative connotation there, and they get very offended, very defensive, and, and it's just a weird, weird situation. So that's another ex uh, difficulty challenge that we face uh, in Italy at this time. And the last one I would say is maintaining zeal, maintaining the fire, fanning the flame. Uh, pioneering alone is, is part of the, the, that, the trouble we have there, the, the challenge, uh, maintaining that zeal. Uh, because the truth is, uh, you're in the Word, you're meeting with God every day, you're in prayer, and you get you get excited, you get on fire, and then you go out and you see very little response. And after a while, uh, the preacher, if he doesn't have people to preach to, something you know, so he just kind of gets uneasy, and the, the flame starts to dwindle out a little bit. So it's a tricky thing, and it's only by the grace of God and through the prayers of Brother Saints that a missionary in Italy uh, can stay zealous, can stay excited, and continue to be burdened for the lost and out moved by the love of God to actually go on the streets and talk with these people and engage them and go to their houses and ring their bells and, and leave tracks and so on and, and get uh, to the lost. But maintaining that zeal can be tricky business. And what often can happen in Italy is people get sidetracked. The missionaries get sidetracked. They don't see fruit in evangelism or they get made fun of once or twice. And then they, they say evangelism is no good. So they start coming up with other ideas. It's all about hospitality now. Just welcome everybody in the home, make everybody feel good and they'll get saved that way. Well, uh, maybe. Maybe, maybe not, or maybe you're ignoring the rest of the city because you only care about your neighbors now, 
And so it's problematic. But maintaining zeal is very important and it's, it's a challenge. And you need to be definitely in the Word day by day, in prayer, have people praying for you, and, uh, and fanning the flame, uh, uh, hanging out with other people who are actual evangelists uh, uh, and, and, and getting, <clears throat> getting out there and, and being filled with the Spirit and becoming zealous, staying zealous, and, uh, and keeping your eyes on, on the reality. But a good understanding of what evangelism is also helps. Uh, if you think you're out there to convert people, you're going to get depressed real quick and leave Italy real soon. Uh, but if you have a solid understanding of the sovereignty of God and, and election and, and who it is that saves and who it is that goes and preaches, uh, then things work quite better. You understand you don't save anybody. God does that according to his will, according to his timing, to who he wants, when he wants, how he wants. Uh, he's in control of salvation. Uh, salvation belongs to the Lord, we read in the Psalms. Uh, and then uh, our job is simply to obey and go out and preach the gospel. And uh, that takes all the pressure off of you, and you can preach with all your heart, knowing there are lost sheep out there when they hear the Master's voice. They hear his word. They, they, they recognize that's my Lord. They repent of their sins. They come to him. They come back and they're drawn through the work of the Holy Spirit. And all this happens. We really do nothing. We just preach the gospel. We have to obey and go out. And God really does do the rest. And he's in control of that. And uh, so that helps maintain the zeal as well. If you don't have a good understanding of that simple concept like that, sooner or later you'll give up real quick in Italy because you don't see the amount of fruit you would see perhaps in other places where you go. And, and they're begging and kicking down your door because they want the gospel you're talking about. Uh, in Italy at this time, uh, they've been spiritually abused. They've been spiritually molested, uh, uh, abandoned, you name it. And they're just distraught. They're afraid to talk so often. Uh, they're skeptical about everything. And it's a complex uh, situation. Uh, so... The last challenge I would say will be that in this season, maintaining the zeal. Very hard to do, but by God's grace, it is possible. And the Spirit longs for us to stay zealous. And uh, and uh, through the prayers of others, we, we can. And, and even I can testify in this season of our life, though that's one of the challenges, we've never been more zealous than we have been in the last six, eight months uh, of our ministry. In all these years, uh, fresh zeal has come upon us. Uh, and for evangelism, and we're out there engaging people more than ever before. And so we praise God for that. And we do know that is a result also, most likely, of our wonderful partners and, and people that are praying specifically for us in these areas. And uh, and that's great. So uh, sum it all up real quick. The, cha- the question was, uh, what are the biggest challenges you're facing in this season? Number one was pioneering alone. You're limited in outreach and impact. Uh, it's difficult when you have to confront and correct people who don't want to be confronted or corrected. Uh, but it's a necessary part of the ministry. Uh, Paul makes it very clear also to Timothy. That's just what we have to do. So number one was pioneering alone. Number two, evangelism extremes. That's always a challenge. Dealing with the atheists is a challenge. Dealing with religious Catholics who are bound to it even though they don't believe half of it. That's another real challenge. And lastly, uh, maintaining the zeal. Keeping the fire blazing, going wild. So wherever you go, people next to you also feel the heat of the fire. Uh, those are the challenges. And But by God's grace, uh, we're able, even in this uh, kind of challenges, to persevere to the glory of his name. So thanks for being a part of it. And that's our question. That's our answer for today until we have another question uh, with another answer sometime soon. Take care. Ciao, ciao. If you like the podcast, we encourage you now to come on over and join us on the inside. If you love Jesus Christ, you love this podcast, you love the Italian people, you love the church of Jesus Christ, it's the perfect place for you to meet other people and uh, see and understand more about the Italian culture and what is going on with Practical Missions Cohort in the Italian context. Look forward to seeing you over there. God bless.